This is IAQ Radio, indoor air quality radio, the voice of the indoor air quality industry, with your host, Radio Joe Hughes, and the Z-Man, Cliff Zlotnick. And now, Radio Joe Hughes. Good day and welcome to IAQ Radio Plus, our first show for 2019. Happy New Year. We're happy to have Jay State, IAQA president, joining us today. We're going to have an open mic. Hopefully, we'll get a couple questions for for Jay. But uh, before we get started, let's thank our platinum sponsor. IAQ Radio Platinum Sponsor is John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop. Visit them at johndon.com. That's J-O-N-D-O-N.com. I also want to thank our gold sponsors, Particles Plus, Healthy Indoors Magazine, Gray Wolf Sensing Solutions, and AEML Inc. Laboratory. And, of course, our association sponsors, the Indoor Air Quality Association, and the Restoration Industry Association. And now you can win a cool prize. It's time for the IAQ Radio Trivia Question. Be the first to correctly answer. Simply email your answer to czlotnick at cs.com. Or if listening live, just text your answer from your computer. And now, here's the Z-Man with this week's IAQ Radio Trivia Question. Hello, everyone. Congratulations to Susan Valenti, Andover, Massachusetts, who was first to identify James Edward Hansen as the controversial former NASA scientist considered to be the father of global warming theory. The IQ Radio trivia question for today, Friday, January 4, 2019, has been sponsored by Ideas, a solution chemistry company, creating unique solutions to odor removal, surface cleaning, and decontamination problems. Here is today's trivia question. Who was IAQA's first female president? Back to you, Joe. All right. Thank you, Cliff. I think I was thinking about that question. She may also be the only female president, but I maybe Jay could correct me on that, but let's wait until we get a couple answers in. Uh, also, please check out our Facebook page and uh, YouTube page. Give us a like, uh, subscribe, and, uh, you know, we've got a great lineup already for this year. and Looking forward to a great year. And today we're going to start with uh, Mr. Jay Steak. Jay is the new Indoor Air Quality Association president for 2018-2019. He's also the owner of J&J Consultants, a total indoor air quality assessment company, and the president of Structural Sciences. Structural Sciences provides indoor air quality consulting services to the relocation industry throughout North America. He's got a network of 269 inspectors that assist with the relocation of clients within the network. Uh, The majority of the inspectors in the network are IAQA members. He's been a member of the IAQA board of directors for over three years and prior served as vice chair of the IESO, the Indoor Environmental Standards Organization, before it became inactive under the ASHRAE umbrella. Jay, do we have you on the line? Yes, you do. Thank you, Joe and Cliff. Welcome and happy 2019. Yeah, buddy. Lots of things happened in 2018. Uh, I think you became uh, president, was it June? Correct. At the end of June, I did. So you have a one-year term until June of next year, and then um, 
probably I'm, I'm hoping and uh, assuming you'll run again, but I guess we'll find out. I'm enjoying my term. Uh, it's something the association needed. And like I've always said, we need to give back to our members. That's who I feel I'm obligated to is our members. What, how is membership, you know, you, you've changed uh, management now in, what would that be, November 1st, I think it was, which is not that long, so November, December, basically a couple of months. How has membership been over the last six months? Is it up, down, kind of staying steady? It's been dwindling a little, but then it comes back. So basically it's staying the same. Uh, we left Ashray November 1 is when we became uh, under the lead, not leadership, but the joint effort of AH, Association Headquarters Management Company. And they're out of uh, New Jersey, right? They're in Mount, ha- Mount Laurel, New Jersey. I see you got Brendan Breen is uh, listening in. I don't know if we'll be able to get him on or not, but he's the new executive director. Is that correct? Yes, it is. And it's just been just a breath of fresh air to get an association management company that that's all they do is they specialize in managing associations. And I, as I understand it, they're a pretty large group, aren't they? They're the sixth largest in the world. Uh, they manage, I think it's 48 associations. Then they have another 180 that they handle either conferences or something else within the association. Well, that should give you a nice synergy. I know that, um, as I understand it, NADCA, the National Air Duct Cleaners Association, has been with AH for, I, I'm guessing, four, five, six years now. And they, uh, the folks I talked to there seem pretty happy. Oh, definitely. It's just when I talk to the people from NADCA, they're so impressed. And I went to an AH leadership seminar uh, just recently, and it was just nice to see all the energy, all the collaboration between the different associations, and everybody's there to help everybody. You know, Jay, one of the things that I guess um, myself and other members may be a little concerned about is the, the financial situation at, at IAQA. You know, you went from being uh, part of a very large, um, rather uh, well-off, I guess we could say, organization with ASHRAE. They're, you know, uh, they're huge. I mean, they've got a large amount of money in the bank. They, they spend a lot every year. What's the financial situation look like with IAQA now? Uh, since we've left ASHRAE, that's one of the driving forces why we had to leave ASHRAE is we were just spending too much of our money for them to manage us. And we just weren't getting anything in return. And like I said, we, have a, we the board, have fiduciary responsibility to our members. So we had to make another decision to go somewhere that it would help the association. And, you know, we're not as financially, we weren't as strong as we were quite a few years ago. And it just kept dwindling. And that's why we made the decision we did now. Okay, but you do still have some reserves, and um, oh yeah, we have yeah. reserves. Okay, and we we're able to get AH on board, and they seem comfortable with with the future of the organization, and hopefully, um, 
we'll get back to where we were at one point where I believe at one point there was about a million and a half in reserves. Um, and uh, that's not easy to get. We will exceed all expectations. There you go. All right. That's what I like to hear. Still around 2,000, 2,200 members? Uh, right around 2,100. Okay. Good. Yes. Good. Uh, now, let's, let's talk about it. You know, this is kind of a, an interesting question. Who is IAQA? What is IAQA? What, what is the, you know, what is the reason for being? Okay. Um, IAQA? We're the only trade organization that connects all parts of the industry to collaborate and grow. Connecting all parts of IAQ industry is central to better business growth, operational effectiveness, and customer satisfaction. IAQA, we will provide the best education for all parts of the IAQ industry, translating science and standards into practice, properly informing consumers, and bringing critical feedback to industry leaders by sharing the information between all parties of the industry, pushing each forward, and refining our practices collectively, all parts of the industry will grow. And part of that is, you know, our uh, allied industry partners, you know, where we have ABRA, AIHA, IICRC, NADCA, RIA, EIA, and LEHA. And we're going to start working more and more with all the other industries to, and associations to where we're going to be the central force of it all, where we're going to be the people they go to. That's for, for indoor air quality, right? I mean, we're not – and that could both be either the remediation of indoor environments or – the assessment of indoor environments. Is that accurate to say? Yes. And, and working together to bring that information and education to the, to the, to the masses, I guess, or is it just, you know, there's, there's a difference between a trade association and a, a professional organization. that's more, you know, uh, more geared toward standard setting, et cetera. What, what are your thoughts on that? <coughs> Excuse me. No, we want to bring in all the information and, like I said, be the catalyst for all the other associations to come to and plus to consumers to be able to come to us to answer their indoor air quality problems to where it'll just give a whole total better picture for everyone instead of getting a little bit from over here, a little bit from here, where we'll have it all. So, and, and you'll be able to, to get that out to the membership in a, in a way where they have access to that. I mean, right now, I don't know that there's a whole lot on the website. I mean, there are resources there, but I think some are more for consumers. What about consumers? Uh, how do they fit into that picture? Okay. Um, what you brought up about the website, that is totally being redone. If you've gone to find the pro, it's, it's just totally different than what it used to be. You can punch in your zip code, and boom, it pops up to whoever's around you. And you can click on that, and it can give you their specialty, their name, their contact information. Then on consumers, there's a consumer reference page in there, and they can go to different leaks. But uh, Brendan and I were talking today that 
when a consumer has an individual problem, um, they can come to IAQA and we can refer them to somebody or, you know, whether it's through the Find the Pro or another approach to it. To, to help them get answers to indoor air quality questions. Correct. Say. Yeah. I mean, we're, it'll be uh, user-friendly where they don't have to just fight and work at it. I, believe me, I like making things as simple as possible and user-friendly because, one, I don't have the patience when I'm on websites. We're going to pull so the website sure They can go through it quick and easy. We're going to pull the website up now and take a quick look at it, see if we can uh, at least show folks a couple things that maybe they're not taking advantage of with Find a Pro. I know many members are somewhat familiar with Find a Pro. Maybe they're not familiar enough to have updated their uh, their listing recently. Um, so I think we've got it up now, John. There we go. And that's one of the main uh, things is, the members have to make sure their information is updated on their profile so then they can get everything updated. Referrals. Let's go to, let's see if we can find a pro, John. There we go. So we're in the find a pro. Let's hit a postal code number. Jay, what's your, what's your post? Uh, 28138. 28138. So you punch in 28138, you hit and hit search. And hopefully we'll get a nice list of people in that area that can do indoor air quality work. There yeah, you see go. right there how mm -hmm. it comes up. And it gives them geographically to that zip code, where before it used to just be alphabetically, maybe the first person was the furthest away. This way they can look at their location and see it exactly you know, who would be closest. And this would be a good tool for consumers to use if they're looking for an indoor air quality specialist, remediator, etc. Uh, I was so happy to see this. AH did a wonderful job on this. Now, one of the things that we're trying to do here is get the word out to consumers and others about resources like Find a Pro. What else is IAQA thinking of doing to to get the word out to consumers that we have this um, available for people and that they could, you know, find a professional in their area to help them with an indoor air quality problem. Well, more and more, what we're trying to do is get uh, more interviews with publications or with different radio. Um, one of the things I'm looking at right now, and I'm going to do the application is for the national indoor air quality month, week and national indoor air quality day and that'll you know go through the government how you had like uh today is national spaghetti day <laughs> you know the government gives a lot of recognition to these different days and when people go on it and they see different things like that our webinars um the conferences different conferences that we attend and like I believe, you know, on my shirt, I wear it, I have it on my uh, vehicle. So then that way I do a lot of traveling and it's out. I want IAQA to be out in front, not just me, but the whole board to be out in front of everybody. So it's recognizable. 
Hey, I've got a text question from a listener. Uh, how are you going to be, will you be going beyond indoor air quality to include healthy homes or IEQ? I mean, and that's probably been a tough question for IAQA for years. Is it just indoor air quality? Is it indoor environmental quality? Are we looking at healthy homes? Are we doing all of the above? It's got to be one facet of it. Because if you don't have good indoor air quality, you don't have a healthy home. And okay. uh, if you don't have a healthy home, you, you don't have good indoor air quality. So they're kind of tied in with each other. And yes, we're going to be looking at the aspects of healthy homes. There was a committee. Uh, I was on it for four years, maybe uh, some years back to develop curriculum for healthy homes that um, we put together for IAQ and Haven's Mercy Hospital. And uh, I remember Carl Grimes was on there, Eric Shapiro, who I think may be joining us today. Um, any, any kind of re uh, putting that committee back together or at least taking the information that committee developed and, and putting some programs on for people? All committees right now are under review. We're looking at all the committees, how they're structured, what their responsibilities are, and that's one of the things with AH is to make sure we're on the right track, our whole vision of our future. And that's going to be the core of our board meeting um, in a little less than a week. So... In a little less than a week, well, about a week now. A week, yeah. Ten days. The, the conference will be in Atlanta this year. Um, going to be very interesting. The last year as a part of the AHR um, Expo, and um, still working together with, with ASHRAE to some degree, but as I understand it, AH will be there and managing – the IAQA portion of things. Maybe you could expand on that a little bit. Where we'll be, uh, what kind of presentations you uh, are looking forward to seeing. Well, yeah, this will be the last year that we're associated with AHR, which manages ASHRAE's exhibit. And they're, they're good for what they do. But we ended up being such a minuscule part of it we kind of got lost in the shuffle, and that's not what IAQA is about. We, like I said, we want to be the center, central part of all of it, to where we used to be the networking, the education, the collaborative group for our industry. We're working on uh, right now the location and not the other particulars for our 2020 conference. Because right now we're restricted who can exhibit at our conference and every and just the whole kit and caboodle of it, I guess the easiest way to say it. And, um, you know, there's a lot of exhibitors we used to have that couldn't exhibit here before. I understand that that's not necessarily Ashray's fault either. They just. Correct. That is AHRs. Right, right. And it's expensive to exhibit at. At the AHR, um, at the AHR Expo, and like you said, it's it's huge. You have I don't know how many thousands of exhibitors there, and uh, they they 
they did try at least, and then I think again this year you'll have an IAQA pavilion where people who are interested in IAQA can go and the, the vendors that are more focused on indoor air quality will all be in that area. Is that accurate? Correct. Yeah, we'll have the IAQA pavilion and all of our exhibitors will be in there. And I think there's a total of 13 booths in that IAQA pavilion. And I know that sounds really small as opposed to the 2,000 that AHR has. But then there's some that aren't in the pavilion, like Gray Wolf. And, you know, they're a sponsor. Right. And, uh, you know. They'll be in the pavilion or not? They're not in the pavilion, but they've always been with AHR. So then, you know, when we go elsewhere, Gray Wolf will also end up, along with all of our other exhibitors, plus the exhibitors and sponsors that we have lost in the past. If I recall correctly, we had, I don't know, 40 or 50 exhibitors at past IAQA conferences. Do you do you know off the top of your head how many we've had in the past? It was upwards between 40 and 50. I remember there has been time, you know, 45, close to 50. And next year, 2020, will be the first time we've had our conference by ourselves. Uh, 204, 2004 was uh, the last time we had our conference by ourselves. Yeah, that, that was when I think NAFA, the National Air Filtration So you mean that, you know, the, like we would partner with NAFA or we would partner with uh, who else did we partner with? We had uh, the American Air Conditioning, Contractors of America. I mean, been different ones. So, so this 2020 QA ours. Okay. And any, any thoughts on it? Well, I guess you can't say where it will be yet, but uh, I'm sure you No, working. that's one of the decisions we're going to be making at our board meeting. Okay. Uh, speaking of decisions at the board meeting, um, I've got a text question here, and it says, who, going back to the committee, uh, evaluation of the committees, who will be evaluating the committees? Do you have a, another committee doing that, or is it to the leadership, or is the whole board going to evaluate it? Clarify that question. What do you mean by evaluating the committees? I think during one of your answers, you said that you're, you're reevaluating all the committees and the committee structure. Uh, that'll be something we're going through uh, the executive part and plus AH, where I don't believe I should, not I, but we shouldn't waste our committee members' time, energy, and effort if they're not accomplishing anything. That's where the evaluation is going to be coming into effect. Okay. Hey, I'm curious also on this year's uh, conference, and, and John, if you could pull up the, um, the website again and then go to the conference, the annual meeting section there, and, and there will be a schedule in there. Um, just get an idea of who – well, first, I want to thank Particles Plus. They're going to be a diamond sponsor uh, for IAQA this year, and that's always a, a big, helpful thing. And then the silver sponsor is Gray Wolf, um, which, you know, hopefully in the future we'll be getting uh, more and more of those. Uh, here we have a past presence. But anyway, if you could pull up the uh, agenda. Jay, any presentations in particular that you're very uh, looking forward to seeing? Ah. Uh. 
I'd like to see them all. Uh, it's just we have some really, really dynamic speakers. Um, you know, we have our uh, seminars on Sunday, you know, with Wei, J.J. Jenkins, and Louie Chang. And then you start getting in, you know, for the technical program. You know, there's over 40 of them. And they're right there. There we go. Yeah. And, I mean, there's just a good, good set of sessions. I mean, like I said, I'd like to be gone to all of them. And I know I can't because of meetings and other commitments. And I'll be floating in and out. And my main thing is I just want to make sure, you know, I'm going to be talking to all attendees. I'd like to meet as many as I can new attendees and to just get their feedback. And that's one of the responsibilities, I think, of attendees. They need to give us the feedback on good, bad, indifferent, then that way next year will even be better. And that's the whole thing of what we're looking for is just to keep growing and getting better. We don't want to become stagnant. Jay, I, I had John stop here at this plenary session here. Go back up a little bit, John. Ginger Chu um, from CDC is going to be presenting uh, from Hurricane Katrina through the most recent series of hurricanes. Recovery efforts have changed. Um, and, and I think that'll be an interesting one. I, I'm looking forward to seeing Ginger Chu. And at this point, I think it's a good time to bring in the Z-Man. Cliff, I just wanted to make sure I gave you a chance to ask a question or See if you had anything you wanted to add. I, I do. Uh, thanks, Joe. Um, Jay, are you going to continue to have your convention uh, this time of the year? Uh, you know, in, in, in January, that's going to be. Well, that's a good question, Cliff. <laughs> uh, we're looking at all the dates. We're looking at all the other conferences who have been locked in. We're looking at the different areas. So there's a lot of different facets we have to look at for right now. But it'll probably be somewhere between end of January, end of March, somewhere in there. We did have it a couple times, if I remember right, back in the past. We even had it in October September, and that goes back a few years. So we're looking at all aspects and all facets of it just to be able to make it more accessible. And that's one of the things we have to look at is where you hold it to make sure there's airport, good airport service, enough hotel rooms, and we have to look at the cost for our attendees too. And I, I think you have more flexibility now because there's only a few convention centers in the country that can handle the uh, a convention the size of the AHR convention. Um, and I know that, you know, once every four years or so, they go to Chicago, they go to a uh, northern. Yeah, that's every other uh, year they go to Chicago. And Chicago in January, it's kind it of cool. It can be rough. But, I mean, you know, I, I still – I don't like to be in just Vegas, Orlando, or, or Dallas either. You know, I think uh, Nashville was a good place where we've had conferences in the past. So hopefully you're looking at cities other than just, you know, Las Vegas and uh, Orlando. Correct. And we are. 
All right. Let's, uh, Cliff, anything else you wanted to ask before we break for halftime here? No, I'm good. I'm good at this point. So let me, uh, or, or Jay, let me get one more question in before sure. halftime because it, it relates to the, uh, and you may or may not be able to answer this, but I'm, I got the registration for the conference and then I got an email yesterday saying that I still have to register for AHR. Um, do I have to do that or is my registration for the conference? I know your IAQA badge will get you into the AHR exhibit. Okay. Okay, so it, I guess it wouldn't hurt to go ahead and uh, register again. But Yeah, uh, and they want you to register so they have your email contact and, you know, the whole litany of things to follow uh, that. Yeah. Uh, text question. Uh, thank you, Joe. Uh, Joe Madosh is, is uh, texting me some questions. He also may join us for the second half, maybe for the roundup. But anyway, he asked if you were thinking about the possibility of working with other groups, uh, other organizations, maybe like EIA or Maine Indoor Air Quality or, uh, you know, like we have in the past with Air Conditioning Contractors of America? Oh, we're definitely uh, looking at everything. Um, Let me ask uh, this, Jim. No, there's a a good portion, and we, through everything, we're going to be working with other associations and organizations to develop, like I said before, to give the consumer, our members, their members, every uh, access possible, then uh, that'll be in the developmental part of it. You know, when we're looking, we're starting to discuss, we're going to have MOUs with associations, and those are memorandums of understanding, and it'll be we're basically rebuilding IAQA is what we're doing. And we just want to do everything that's best for our association and other associations because we're all in it for the betterment of the consumer and for the education of our members. I think a lot of the members would like to have more input into some of these decisions. How do they contact you or other board members? I mean, is there a list on the website? Can they go to the website, get the emails? And, and, or is there maybe a place where you take questions that, uh, you know, on the website or some other place? Is that something you're thinking about? No, uh, they can go onto the website and it has the whole list of board of directors there with their email phone numbers. And my phone number, my cell, that's the easiest way to get me, is 704 704- Two three two, And you encourage members to be oh, in touch? Oh, yeah. They can call me. They can vent. They can say, hey, this is excellent. Would you? And I'll answer any question. And if I don't know the answer, I'll find it out. And uh, I am totally for transparency. And right there... You can do a contact, you know, you put your name, your question in there if you want, and then you got to check you're not a robot. And uh, it's just, like I said before, we're here for the members. Our board is probably one of the best boards we've ever had. And they're a very responsive board. We are inclusive. We don't want to be exclusionary. We want to be inclusionary and help everybody Jay, I mean, terms. and you know me i've been I, I try to keep things simple no complication 
We may also want to put the uh, phone number for headquarters up, John, uh, if you could find that on the website there, because I know uh, Brendan Breen, who's the new executive director, has been very responsive whenever we've had an email, or I know Cliff actually called him this morning uh, for a question before the show. He got right through. Uh, That's the kind of thing we love to hear. Let's stop for a moment here and thank our sponsors. We're going to take our halftime. We'll be back with IAQA President Jay Stake in 90 seconds. IAQ Radio Platinum Sponsor is John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop. Visit them at johndon.com. That's J-O-N-D-O-N.com. Gold sponsors are Particles Plus Engineers and Manufacturers of feature-rich particle counters and air quality monitoring instrumentation. Learn more at ParticlesPlus.com. Count on us. Healthy Indoors Magazine, a free online digital magazine for industry professionals and consumers. Subscriptions available at HealthyIndoors.com. And AEML Laboratories, free FedEx shipping, great pricing, same-day results, and never a rush fee. Learn more at AEMLinc.com. Gray Wolf Sensing Solutions, who use advanced sensor software technology and embedded computers to provide superior environmental test instrumentation. Visit them at WolfSense.com. Association sponsors are the Indoor Air Quality Association, a multidisciplinary organization dedicated to promoting the exchange of indoor environmental information through education and research. Learn more at iaqa.org and RIA, the Restoration Industry Association, the granddaddy of the restoration industry. Network with leaders. Learn more at restorationindustry.org. We're back for the second half of our interview with Jay Stake, IAQA president, owner of uh, two uh, indoor air quality consulting companies. Um, Clip, I want to note, I see a couple of our trivia folks got on a little late today, um, and I think it's an important trivia question. Have you gotten a correct answer yet? I have not, at least uh, not, not via chat. Hang on, I'll check my, I'll check, uh, my mail. But go ahead Repeat the question while we're waiting. Um, Cliff was looking for today's trivia question for the the first female president of IAQA, and I believe the only. I could be wrong on the only. I don't know, Jay. Do you know if there was a second female president? Nope, just the one. Just the one. We need to work on uh, recruiting more. Although you have a nice group of uh, women that have joined the uh, the board. And I know you got Alice Delia. Who else is on there now? Uh, Melissa Help. Yeah, Melissa Helmick from EMSL. Was there a third one or no? We need to get more. We need to get more women involved with the organization here and uh, running for running for office, uh, running for board of directors. All right, um, what's going to happen with? I want to go to a little different topic, and that's the what used to be the Indoor Environmental Standards Organization. I know at one time you were. Uh, the chair. I was vice chair of IESO, and chair. that was dissolved uh, the day ASHRAE took us over. Um, as a corporation, it's just sitting there dormant. Uh, it can be activated with the reapplication fee to ANSI. Right now, we have our standards. Uh, we got them back from ASHRAE, and we're in a process. The one that's most uh, further ahead is the school 
the school mold standard. It's the moisture and uh, mold assessment standard for educational facilities that we're probably two thirds of the way done answering the public reviews on that. And we'll finish that in the next few weeks. Uh, we're just waiting till we finish with the conference. Then we can focus on that and let the committee know that we're going to start getting up on that and jumping on it. And what we may do is do like with NACA on their uh, main standard is go ahead and do it without being ANSI accredited and uh, get it out into the public. You know, it's an interesting, um, an interesting topic, standards, and, and how ANSI, you know, ANSI approval of a standard helps the standard. Obviously, it's, it's a it's a good thing. You want, if you can, to get the into it, but it's expensive. Uh, you've got you to put some money into it. And, you know, it's time-consuming. It takes a long time to pull it together. And, and frankly, uh, some of the standards that are very commonly followed in the industry are not ANSI-approved standards. You mentioned a very important one. The uh, NADCA, National Air Duct Cleaners Association, has the A. CR assessment, cleaning, and restoration of HVAC systems, probably the most widely followed standard in the in the world for cleaning mechanical systems, but it's not an ANSI standard. And uh, I don't know that they plan on on applying for ANSI approval of their standards or not. Um, you've also got guidelines that are very widely followed. EPA has guidelines on mold in school and commercial buildings. You've got uh, the New York City guidelines for mold and many others that are, you know, widely followed. So I, I think I see where you're headed with that in that having the ANSI uh, approval may or may not be as important as some people say. I know Cliff and I have talked about this in the past. Cliff, any thoughts? I don't think it's uh, that important. I think most people don't know who ANSI is unless you're in an industry that deals with standards. So, uh, you know, the fact that you're not going to impress anybody who's unfamiliar with the organization you're trying to use to impress them. So uh, I think that, you know, doing good standards yourself, uh, you know, you can get them out faster. There's less red tape. And, uh, you know, I, I think the only thing with ANSI is that, you know, I think it's really about the money you know, in terms of, uh, you know, what you can charge for them based upon what your costs are and so on and so forth. So. And, you know, they have a good process and it, it does require inclusion of different points of view. Um, what about RIA? Um, I know, Jay, several of the standards you guys were working on, you were working together with RIA, and I don't think they have ANSI uh, approval of any of their standards either and i don't know that they even have any standards out right now can you update listeners on that uh that would be with ria and like they had a couple standards sitting there ashray they need to follow up with ashray on those couple standards and you know go from there but well, the one when, got through the process right i mean the one for testing of soot and mechanical systems i think that got all the way and that's still an ashray ANSI. that hasn't gone through the actual public review comment and everything ashray has an excellent uh comment section for their standards they have that down to a science um uh, 
like both of all, you know, the school mold standard, we went through one public review with ANSI, and then we went through the other public review with ASHRAE, and ASHRAE is a self-auditing ANSI-accredited uh, standards. So that's where those stand, and it'll be whatever ASH or whatever RIA decides to do. I, you know, I can't say one way or the other. You know, they're another association, and who knows, you know, what could happen down the road. We're, you know, we're collaborating with everybody, and we're looking, and we're just going to do what's ever best for the industry at the best cost. And for your membership as well. And it does cost money to, to put these. I yeah, know like I said, just to get ANSI accredited, you have a $5,000 non-refundable application fee. Then every year, it's somewhere around 3500 or something like that. I'm not sure on the exact cost. Then if your sales go way up, then you have to pay a percentage of all of your revenues to ANSI. And for people who don't know, that's the American National Standards Institute, which is the American version. Then you have ISO. The International Standards, Standards Organization. Organization. And you see that on factories, you know, the ISO 9001, et cetera. It kind of ties back into an earlier discussion we had on, on the financial situation for IAQAI. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of reserves we had um, kind of dwindled down in part of pursuing these ANSI accredited standards. Is that accurate? Yeah. It, that's an accurate statement. And uh, I'm trying to think the nicest way of saying this. Um, <laughs> there was money wasted. There's financial revenues that were wasted, which weren't controlled, which could have been controlled. And just through other. Well, I think, you know, we've talked in the past about the problems with the, the old management company and some of the issues that came up there. I mean, it's time to look forward, but it's important, I think, for members to know, you know, was that a wise move going you know, all out into standards setting. And, and I think we had probably six or eight standards we were working on at one time. And a lot of the money was paying staff to manage meetings on a daily basis, basically, um, to try and develop these standards. And, and here we are, what, eight years later, maybe 10 years later, and we don't have any uh, standards that are really done. Correct. Uh, as of date, we only have the one standard, and uh, we, I know, I myself, I've been on the residential and the school standard for 10 years on each of them. 10 years, then. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. under previous management, uh, we were being billed at an exorbitant amount of time for each hour that we uh, worked on it, we put in. And we were being charged, if we met for one hour, we were being charged eight hours of administrative time. And that really uh, had a financial This was prior to ASHRAE. This Pardon was prior to, prior to ASHRAE. I want to clarify that. Yeah, that was prior to ASHRAE. Okay. And that was uh, a different management company that was around for many years. 
And that's why we're just looking, we're not going to make the same mistakes. You know, you got to look back at the history. You don't want to repeat history, but we're looking forward to just doing it. And anything we do, you know, whether it's like you brought up the committees, anything, we want to make sure we do everything correct. You know, if we've got to take a couple extra minutes to look at it and review it, that's what we're going to do because my main concern is I want to make sure we do everything right for our members. Well, what I want to do is I want to thank Alice Delia for being the conference chair committee. She's done an excellent, excellent job. And that that's a thankless job and the countless <laughs> hours and time she has spent in and her whole committee. I just want to, you know, give thanks to her. Dr. Alice Delia, Delia. she's wonderful. And we, we really appreciate uh, the hard work she's put in. I know that's been very difficult. Uh, it is. It's going to be, is she, will she be the uh, conference chair next year too? I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Hey, well, I think we might have Joe Madosh uh, unmuted. Joe, can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? It's a question. You're coming in loud and clear, buddy. Hey, Joe is in Atlanta, and uh, he knows the ins and outs of Atlanta. He's also a uh, speaker at this year's present uh, conference. Joe, what are you going to be talking about this year? Yeah, I was uh, blessed to have uh, two uh, topics. So um, I am doing a, a new topic, which will kind of be the introduction of a long-going series that I'll keep working with. I'm actually working with Alice uh, from PRISM, with a delay on this, so um, and a few other groups, but it's called uh, chemical dependency, and it's our addiction to the chemicals and building materials that we cannot avoid. And uh, my concept is basically that you can't build a house today without being inundated with a variety of chemicals. Unless you're going to go to the woods and chop down your own trees, you can't avoid chemicals. And uh, there is what I call this addiction to the chemicals that we have to use in our building products, whether it's new or remodeling, there's just no way to get around them until consumers say enough. So, you know, the food industry, people said, you know what, I want more of chemical free products. And until the until consumers say, I want more chemical free products in my house, they're just going to keep putting them in for convenience. So I'm hoping that we can begin to create the awareness of you should always know what's in your environment, just like what's in your food. And Joe, you've been with healthy um, Hayward Score now. Hayward Score, you want to check that out. It's HaywardScore.com. Uh, they have a really fascinating um, program online. You can go in and you can enter the information about your home and get a report back. I know you're working on a, a an updated version, but I know also Bill Hayward, the uh, the, the principal there, was working on the Hayward Healthy Home, and I think. That's, I'm guessing that's probably where a lot of your information is coming from. He was trying to find products that had fewer chemicals or lower chemicals or maybe even methods, which I'm thinking is probably going to be even more important, Joe, is ways of, I mean, if you can't buy the products without the chemicals, then at least you can figure out ways to use the product and, and keep your exposure to a minimum. Is that something you're looking at too? Yeah, so um, Bill Hayward, the owner, has had a, um, a major uh, chemical um, 
failure with him and his family in terms of being exposed to stuff that really depilitated their all of them in, in a way that was uh, really profound. And that's where Hayward's score came from. But uh, he decided to build a new home and um, uh, hired uh, Carl Grimes. And the two of them evaluated every product in the house diligently as to what chemicals are included. And there should have only been two, which is always formaldehyde and acetone. But when they did the testing, they spent you know a lot of money on the testing. They found there was a enormous amount of chemicals that were never disclosed by any of the manufacturers. And uh, his brand new home is now has all these chemicals. And uh, fortunate, the only way to eliminate that, so the the way to get yourself off a of chemical dependency, is ventilation. And he had an amazing ventilation system that was able to combat the uh, the extreme high levels of VOCs. And I'll include that case study in my presentation and uh uh it was phenomenal uh what what's what people are not disclosing what manufacturers are not required to disclose in the products that we're installing every day and i i believe your other presentation will be something similar to what you did for us at the healthy building summit and that was a lot on ventilation but also on pathways uh, and the different pathways you know we we always teach the four p's people pollutant pathway pressurization and you did a real nice job of illustrating that. Is that your second presentation? Yeah, that is, Joe. And it'll be similar. Um, I always modify every presentation so it'll be similar. But the contaminant, so the concept is air infiltration equals contaminant pathway. And the concept is we need to change the dialogue that uh, air leakage is not really profound enough for a consumer or even some contractors to be like, oh, we have to fix that. It's uh, it's kind of a who cares. Uh, we breathe air. It's not a big deal. But when you think about your air leakage as a contaminant pathway between your crawl space or your attic or conditions outdoors, that, that different type of concept will change your, uh, how active you want to be about controlling what comes in your house. So uh, I am going to put a, a completely different twist on this year's presentation, and that is that so um, there's a few of you on here that will laugh at what I do. So my goal is to tell you you should steal your house, but then I'm going to tell you to stop stealing your house because right now we're sealing a bunch of houses and we're not doing ventilation. So the worst thing you can do is seal your house up and do a poor job of ventilation. You will create the worst environment possible. So if you aren't ready to do really good mechanical ventilation, uh, don't seal your house or just seal your crawl space. You know, avoid the large contaminants. But trying to make a really tight home with just some average ventilation is a recipe for disaster. So I'm going to uh, stop during my presentation and say, wait, don't seal your house and kind of make sure people understand the difference between why mechanical ventilation is just really the key to eliminating uh, contaminants. Oh, and it's going to be tougher not to seal your house with the, with, with states adopting the newer energy code and, and building codes because they're required to homes. Well, the other thing that's going to impact a lot of homes and, and especially a lot of uh, uh, multifamily is this new aero barrier uh, that AeroSteel now has a, a, a method to seal the environment. And if you look into what they're getting, in fact, I think there's a small presentation on that. They're, they're not down to three ACH. They're down to 0.3 ACH and tighter. They are creating lab type conditions for an average home or an apartment. And that is a serious issue if you do not have good ventilation, especially for a new home and the chemical overload that you're going to have for that first year or two. Interesting. Joe, thank you. Any other questions for uh, Jay? I know you've sent a couple by text. 
Jay, I'm really impressed with what you're doing. Your um, lineup is amazing. In fact, I couldn't make any appointments on Monday because I'm just running from session to session. These are some awesome, amazing topics. So uh, kudos to you and your committee. And I look forward to working with you and your, uh, the rest of your year here. Thanks. Fantastic. Oh, we got to unmute Jay. You back, Jay? Okay, I'm back. All right. Hey, by the way, uh, Brendan, if you have rejoined and, and you have a different uh, number, we, I know you were trying to get back with us, uh, text me the number privately here so that we can pull you in to say hello before we take off. All right. We're going to kind of wrap things up here and uh, go to our roundup and make sure that we uh, give Jay the final word on this. Um, any other future plans you'd like to tell listeners about, Jay? We're getting back to the basics. We're going to get right back, you know, use the five pillars of engagement, you know, the member engagement, communication and connection, education, operational excellence, and collaboration. You know, it's no different in football. Just get back to the basics, blocking and tackling. And that's what we need to do is get back to where we used to be, and have a proud organization. All right. Uh, and the what? last thing I want to do is I want to thank you at IAQ Radio, all the board of directors, AH, the vendors, sponsors, members, and all of our allied industry partners. Thank you, Jay. Uh, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, I hope next time we can uh, get – Brendan on and, and we'll say hello to us real quick. Oh, wait, John may have him actually. Brendan, do we have you? Can you hear me now? Oh, yeah, loud and clear. <laughs> just in the nick of time, right? Well, just perfect, actually. Uh, welcome to IAQ Radio, Brendan, and uh, to the IAQA, the Indoor Air Quality Association. Maybe you can tell listeners a little bit about yourself. Thanks, Joe, um, and thanks for having me on today and then for having Jay on. Um, you know, I, I come from a uh, an association management background. Uh, like Jay said, I work for um, Jay said I work for the association headquarters, AH. Um, I'm really excited to work with this uh, with this group. There's a lot of energy. Um, I really enjoy doing uh, what I call a turnaround, uh, which is to take something that you know needs to be uh, needs to be changed and wants to be changed, and then to really navigate those waters. So, um, like I said. Um, this is a, is a great group. I'm enjoying working with the volunteers. I'm excited to meet everyone face-to-face -face next week. Um, the whole team is ready, uh, and we're, we're looking forward to a good meeting in Atlanta. Fantastic. Hey, by the way, I know we've had complaints for years that there's too many old people at IAQA, and uh, as I understand it, you're not one of those old people. You're a younger guy. <laughs> a millennial. I guess it depends. Yeah, I guess it depends who you ask. I mean, I'm not uh, I'm older than some and younger than some, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm right in my prime. Let's say that. Fantastic! It's great to have you, and we look forward to getting you on in the future. Um, you know, we used to bring on the IAQA's executive director. Uh, we bring them on, every, you know, once a month anyway. Give us a little update, uh, what's news. Uh, so hopefully, we'll be able to do the same with you down the road. I love it. I love it. Thank you. All right, Brendan Breen, folks, thanks for joining us. And, uh, Jay, any final thoughts before we go? I know you said thank you. And uh, anything else that uh, you may have thought of before, before we sign off? Hey, 
It's 2019, it's a new year, and new beginnings for IAQA. And we're going to lock and load, rock and roll. Well, I know it won't be for lack of effort on your part. Let's put it that way, buddy. Uh, Cliff, any final thoughts? Nope, I just wish you uh, much success uh, in, in, the, in the seat there. Thank you. Well, thank you, Cliff. I want to thank this week's guest, Mr. Jay Stake, uh, Mr. President, President of the Indoor Air Quality Association, also a good friend. Uh, glad to have you uh, on board. And, uh, I know it's been a lot of hard work, but I think we got the right man uh, at it after Mr. Lapoteer did a, did a great job as well. John was uh, hard at work. He made a, a bunch of changes that kind of allowed you to get to this point, I think. And uh, looking forward to seeing many of you January 14th through the 16th in Atlanta, Georgia. The hot Atlanta. Although it shouldn't be too hot this time of the year. I will be uh, down at the convention, uh, meeting up with listeners and talking to folks and uh, also talking to Mr. Madash, Joe, who joined us. Thank you for joining us today, Joe. Thanks to Brendan Breen. Of course, my engineer, John, you got to have faith. Oh, by the way, Great show lined up next week. Buildings don't lie. Um, great. I've been reading this book and I'm, I don't know how he did it. Um, Henry Gifford will be joining us again. I got a copy of it right here. Uh, Buildings don't lie. A fantastic read. What I can't believe is he's selling this for 75 bucks. It was on sale for 50 over the holidays and it's 500 pages and there are color photographs on every page, several of them. Uh, he does a great job of not just providing the information, but then, you know, showing you. He, he, he sets it up in a way where he does the basics of a topic, say water, and then he goes into the, um, the practical aspects of water and shows you graphics and, and photographs of water damage and how it got water damaged. And uh, looking forward to a great interview with Henry Gifford, That's next Friday at noon for the next broadcast of IAQ Radio Plus. For IAQ Radio, I'm Spike Reed saying thanks for listening.